Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Shergel, and I am a sexual wellness instructor that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show why kinky sexual wellness deserves a rightful spot within the wellness conversation. So let's talk about it. Hey, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Partition Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about shame. Shame is another human emotion that we all have that doesn't get talked about that much. So let's start with what is shame and what does it feel like? One definition of shame is that it's a feeling of embarrassment or humiliation that arises from the perception of having done something wrong or immoral. But I want you to take a look at shame and view it more like a scale. On the healthy side of the scale, shame can help us self-reflect and ask ourselves if we were too hard on our partner during a conversation, maybe a conversation around constructive criticism or something like that, or maybe if we were being, quote, too extra during a work meeting or while out for lunch with friends. When we have a balanced and healthy level of shame, it can really be used as a good self-monitoring system. But on the other side of that scale, we have toxic shame. And the toxic side of shame is really the side that makes us feel worthless or defective or broken, or that there is something inherently wrong with us just for being. Although shame is an uncomfortable feeling, it can range from a slightly cringe feeling to questioning your existence on this planet. For example, if you answer yes to any of the following statements, then you're teetering on the toxic side of shame. And the statements are, I don't deserve to exist. I am defective. I'm never good enough. I'm unworthy of being known. I am unworthy of love. I am a mistake. I deserve to be abandoned. Or even, who do you think you are? But right off the bat, I want you to know that shame can lie. Just because shame can make us feel like we are worthless, defective, or that we somehow deserve to be abandoned, that doesn't actually mean that we are worthless, defective, or deserve to be abandoned at all. But shame is a tricky feeling that we all have been affected by at some point in our lives, especially as children. Now, Patrick Tehan, who is a licensed independent clinical social worker and a childhood trauma specialist, outlines that there are three primary ways that shame can show itself from our childhood. One, There's direct shame, which is when parents use shame as a tool to dictate how their children behave. For example, if a parent uses a rhetorical question like, why can't you be more like the other sibling? This is just blatant shaming. But sometimes parents use shaming without really realizing its consequences. For example, if a child were to run out towards the road with an oncoming car coming, A parent, you know, naturally would stop and yell at them to make sure that the child is safe. But still, that child still will feel like they're being put under a spotlight. And although in the long run, it was to save the child's life, that child is still experiencing shame in that moment. And direct shaming can also be presented in questions like, why are you doing that action in that particular way? That's the wrong way to do it. The second is indirect shame or shame by proxy which can be something like if a parent is constantly praising other people's children rather than their own, or if a parent is inauthentic. 
For example, if a parent has a fake persona when they're out in public, but when they're in the comfort of their own home, they're a completely different person and they may switch to a more negative or abusive version of themselves. But some other examples that Patrick gave for indirect shaming that I thought were interesting were if you were raised in a family dynamic where your parents didn't know how to end a conversation. For example, say you had a mother who just constantly kept a conversation going because they didn't know how to end it. And this could be because maybe they had social anxiety. Another form of indirect shame can be caused when a child feels embarrassed to bring someone over to the house. And this could be because the child lives in a hoarding situation or feels that their parents don't have a stable mood. So they don't really know what type of version they're going to get when they bring over friends. And, you know, that can cause feelings of shame indirectly. And as Patrick states, having feelings of shame indirectly is not comparable to when you have feelings of embarrassment. Like when you're a teenager and you're embarrassed by the type of car your parents may drive. This is not the same feeling as feeling unsafe to bring someone over because you don't know how your parents are going to react or behave. Patrick also says that even the last name that you carry can bring feelings of shame. For instance, if you have a mother or father who is an alcoholic or absent or is in trouble with the law or doesn't have proper social skills and is constantly inappropriate, even though these behaviors have nothing to do with you, they still bring on shame by proxy. And the third way that shame can show itself is if you've been neglected while you were young. And this is when parents leave you to do everything on your own. And when you're raised without any guidance about dating or body changes or what to expect as you become an adult. But regardless of how a child is exposed to shame, what tends to typically happen is that a child will not blame their parents or their caregiver. What they will do, though, is blame themselves. Because blaming themselves gives them, even if it's small, it's like this small feeling that they have the situation in control. So this is when children will start to develop a toxic form of shame, which is feelings of unworthiness, feelings of being defected, feelings that they are the reason that those bad things happen to them. Also, I do want to make a note that if you were raised in an abusive homes, the feelings of shame will be amplified. But shame can also show itself when we feel that we may be ostracized from a group. And this can happen at any age. But what I find is that the older that we get, it tends to be harder to make friends. And exclusion and rejection from a group or family unit is one of the most painful and challenging emotions to deal with. But we need to remember that eventually those children grow up to be adults. And because shame is not something that we are openly talking about as much as we should be, people are out there living their life experiencing the feelings of shame from their childhood, but they aren't fully aware of it. And if someone is unable to identify the feelings of shame, then they certainly won't be able to properly help themselves around the issue. But even still, another reason why shame is so hard to work with is because it's very closely linked to the feelings of guilt. But shame and guilt are two different things. As Brene Brown says, shame focuses on the self and guilt focuses on behavior. Shame is I am bad and guilt is I did something bad. And like I said, I understand how it can be difficult to differentiate because some physical symptoms of feeling shameful can look like feelings of guilt or even anger. For example, constriction in your throat, like you can't talk, heaviness in your chest, getting a red face, getting heat in the body having pain in your heart or having digestive issues or even a stomach ache. 
all of these are signs of shame, but you could also say that they're also signs for other emotions. So there's a lot of crossovers. Now, what I didn't know about shame until recently is that shame is the most stressful human emotion that we have. Shame gives higher cortisol levels than stress, than sadness, than fear, and even anger. It's really a silent killer. But shame is also a freeze response. Dr. Bob Weathers, who is a recovery coach and public speaker, gives the example of say someone accidentally steps on someone's foot and that invokes a shame response out of them. What would happen is the person who stepped on the foot would give off a sense of indifference. They wouldn't look alarmed or even concerned and their face would just look flat like they didn't care. They also wouldn't be able to make eye contact. And this is the shame freeze response. But what that looks like to the person who had their foot stepped on is that the person doesn't care. When really, on the inside, that person may be spiraling into feelings of shame and saying things to themselves like, oh my God, this person isn't going to like me anymore. How could I have done that? How could I have been so stupid? Shame is an invisible feeling, but it's highly correlated with things like addiction, aggression, violence, depression, bullying, suicide, addictive behavior, and even eating disorders. Some consequences of shame that someone can experience is not letting people get too close. They aren't very good with physical intimacy. They tend to be scared a lot. Then they tend to hoard a lot of secrets and they tend to retreat inwardly on themselves. More examples of shame can be acting out for perfectionism, overthinking, constantly comparing yourself to your peers in a negative way, constantly feeling that people are disappointed in you, thinking you deserve all the negative things that have happened to you, having big regrets over minor things that happened years ago, or constantly pretending that you have your life together more than you actually do. And these are examples if someone has too much toxic shame. But there are people out there that have no shame at all. And people who have no shame are not able to own their mistakes that they have done. They can be extremely defensive. They exhibit grandiose pride and or they have very extreme reactions to being lightly made fun of. So on one side, you have the, I am always wrong, which is too much shame. And then on the other side of it, it is, I am never wrong, which is too little shame. This is why we need to have a healthy balance of shame. But how do we do that, right? How do we balance our shame? Well, first, which can be quite hard, is to identify that we have shame in the first place. And just like all emotions, you're going to have to feel the full effects of shame in order to release it, which is where kinky wellness can certainly help you. Because in my experience, kinky wellness can literally turn anything that you have ever been shamed about ever in your entire life and turn it into something that you can take control of and rewire your brain in a playful manner to release those emotions. But there's also a quick little exercise that Dr. Peter Levine outlines. And for those who don't know, Dr. Peter is a phenomenal trauma doctor and has written many books on the subject of trauma and the body. And he says that when you do identify shame or that you're feeling the feelings of shame, allow your body to slouch into it and to feel low with it. Almost like you're trying to feel worse about it and then hold it there for a bit. You know, really let it sink in, take it over. And then as you begin to sit up straight, 
you know, imagine that you're just leaving that shame there and feel how your body has changed. The idea here is that you're supposed to gain more confidence as your spine starts to become straighter because our body posture does affect our mood. But what are some other ways we can help ourselves out of feelings of shame? One is definitely to show yourself more self-compassion and to radically accept that humans are imperfect and that we do make mistakes and that will, you know, there'll be things in life that we will cringe about, but you still have to own it. And when it comes to shame, another thing that Brene Brown says is if you put shame in a Petri dish, there's three things that need to be there for shame to grow exponentially, secrecy, silence, and judgment. But the antidote to shame is empathy. So if you take that same Petri dish and you douse it with empathy, the shame will not survive. And back to something that Patrick said that I really love is, although we are only responsible for how we recover, we are not responsible for how we got here. So don't be so hard on yourself. Shame is complex. And although this was a conversation about shame in general, there are many different types of shame. Brene Brown actually outlines 12 different categories under three core themes. And the three core themes are body image and health, relationship, and social status. And I'm going to take a second here to outline the 12 categories of shame. But under body image and health, there is one, mental and physical health, which is fear of not having a fit enough body, not being strong enough, not being smart enough, and so on. The second is addiction which is fear of never being happy enough or alive enough or peaceful enough. Third is sex, feeling of unworthiness or fear of being ugly. And of course, sex is a major big one, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Four is aging, fear of no longer being loved or admired for your looks or fear of mind deterioration. Fifth is appearance and body image, fear of not having the right weight, the right makeup, clothes, and so on. Then we have the second category, which is relationships. Under that, we have six, which is mother or fatherhood shame, fear of being unprepared or unable to identify with the role of mother or father. Seven is parenting, fear of not being a good enough parent, not nurturing enough, or not respectable enough. Eight, family, which is fear of judgment, fear of loss, fear of not being stable enough, and so on. Nine, surviving trauma, which is fear of not being safe, not being worthy of love, or not being connected enough. 10, religion. This is fear of not being a good enough person or fear of punishment. Then we have a third category, which is social status shame. And there's 11, which is money and work, fear of not having enough money, being criticized in front of coworkers, having to file for unemployment, and so on. And then 12, being stereotyped or labeled, which is fear of not being fully seen or fear of judgment. So if you are feeling feelings of shame, which again, we've all been touched on in any number of these, you can have shame around all sorts of different categories. I encourage you to seek help from a licensed professional because you really don't need to fight the complex battle of shame on your own. You are not the only one who feels shame and you certainly will not be the last. Personally, for me, kinky wellness is a lifesaver when it comes to releasing feelings of shame. 
Like I said, you can literally act out anything you've ever been shamed about ever through kinky wellness. And sexual healing was a great tool for me when it comes to releasing shame. Because we all know that our sex, sexuality, how we want to have sex, and the things that we find sexy and appealing are often the biggest things that we feel shame about. But don't let it paralyze you. We all deserve a sexual wellness education that fits our needs and to help us release the feelings of sexual shame. You do not need to go through the battle of shame by yourself. Lift the veils of shame and find freedom for yourself. You do not need to be chained down by shame any longer. And I also encourage you to start a conversation about shame with your friends. This is something that we do need to open up conversations with. But that's all I have for today on the topic of shame. Next week, we're going to be joined by the lovely Edie Nathan, who is a licensed clinical social worker, ASEC certified sex therapist, and a certified EMDR practitioner with more than 20 years of experience to speak on the topic of sexual grief. This episode is incredibly empowering, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Seriously, guys, this is one of my favorite episodes that I've done, and I do not want you to miss it as it pertains to all of us. But that's it for me in this episode. I will see you on Monday. And as always, stay kinky.